Coming up today, Kevin Cochran joins us to talk musky fishing. The water temps, like a, a sudden increase in water temps over the last two and a half weeks, three weeks. So we, as you know, we've had a lot of hot weather, and with that, the water temps dramatically went up. Um, so it is pushing fish shallow, uh, and they're uh, they're using that that warm water to help metabolize their food quicker and go back to the the eating process. And we ask the aquatic biologist why the ocean has salt water while most everything else is fresh water. So all the water runs downhill, right? <laughs> and then it ends up in the ocean. Yeah, okay. And the water that evaporates out of the ocean doesn't contain salts. So okay. the salts that are washed off of the land when the rivers and rain and everything else runs over it, uh, all those salts and minerals and everything end up in the ocean and concentrate there and that's that's basically the process ocean's 3.5 percent salt and lakes it's barely measurable it's all on fpbc i got my fishing pool keys tackle box in my hand gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man but the wife she just don't understand i love walleye perch trout and bass and if you don't like and you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for Bunyan Country You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country Well, checking in with Kevin Cochran from Kevin Cochran's Guide Service uh, We are into July, getting deeper and deeper into July Almost August now, so the the uh, muskies should be picking up. And you know, Kevin, I, I was just telling you off the air. I've been, you know, checking out uh, your Facebook page, and there's been a lot of good pictures on there. So it looks like uh, you, you're finding the muskies, and the muskies are getting active. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. We just uh, we're on the backside of a full moon right now. Uh, around the full moon, it was good. Uh, prior to that, it was it was good as well and very consistent. Um, you know, we, I've had to deviate some of my tactics and strategies to kind of compensate for their location. Um, you know, I, I wasn't typically seeing a lot of the, the fish out over open water in June that I did, so, so we fished a lot shallower, and, and uh, we caught uh, immediate post, post-spawn post fish. Um, so, you know, June was great, and July, July um, kicked off, and, yeah, July was awesome so far. Um, yeah. Any theories as to why the fish are not where they normally are? Um, you know, I would say I would say to do the to water temps, like a, a sudden increase in water temps over the last two and a half weeks, three weeks. So we, as you know, we've had a lot of hot weather, and with that, the water temps dramatically went up. Um, so it is pushing fish shallow, uh, and they're uh, they're using that that warm water to help metabolize their food quicker and go back to the the eating process. Have you been spending, I know Cass Lake is kind of your favorite lake. Is that where you've been spending the bulk of your time? You know, I've, I've been lake hopping quite a bit. I've been on Cass, um, Cass Lake, Lake Bemidji, Plantagenet, and Big Lake. And I've done quite a bit out there, you know, just bouncing back between those four lakes. So Cass has been really hit and miss. Um, you know, I can see like, like one day prior to the full moon, we lost a big one, and then um, you know, and we we saw quite a few other other fish that day, and then I went back the following day, and 
the, just the fish just weren't there. So I think I think what I'm seeing right now is on cast they're just falling around the bait fish, and there's not a lot of fish up shallow typically where I usually wouldn't find them this time of the year. So that being said, I have located fish on break lines, um, and but nothing shallow out there. Okay. You, you say you've been uh, lake hopping, so I'm assuming you're, you're finding some stuff on, uh, on all of these lakes. Um, what seems to be the best one right now? What seems to be the one giving up the most big fish? You know, I, I would say uh, the cabbage weeds, and, you know, and for sure they're holding fish. And, and you know, fish are shallow, and, and there are some bait fish out over break lines um, and also secondary break lines. So, with that being said, I am seeing some fish out on break lines, but a lot of the fish that I've that I've contacted over the last two weeks have been shallow. Tell me a little bit about uh, about Big Lake. I, you know, I know there's muskies there. There's some some guys that fish it an awful lot. Um, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? I love the the numerous just it fish is you know bigger than a lot of the lakes and sand flats. You know, it's just uh, it's a lake that that definitely it, it puts out fish, and and you have so many spots, so many options. And if there's like even if there's three or four boats on there, I mean, you can lake hop or spot hop, and then never even never even cross paths with anyone. So um, just just the simple fact that there's so many mid lake humps to fish, um, you know, almost endless spots. You could you could really spot hop all day long and not cover over not go over the same spot twice so i i think from that aspect that's that's what i like about that lake i also love the deep weeds in that lake um i'll find some deep coontail in like 14 to 16 feet some cabbage typically grows that that 8 to 12 foot range um you know and, and muskies they're there i mean they're they're right in those weeds is that a natural population there you know <clears throat> It's debatable. <laughs> I, it is connect. It is, it is connected to the cast chain. However, it does get stocked. Okay. Um, you know, and I have heard. I've talked to people that you know caught in, in the 1950s or 1940s, and that's way prior prior to, to it being stocked. So I, I think there's always a natural population of fish there. You know, one of the things that's going on, of course, on Cass Lake and Bemidji now and, and a few other lakes is, you know, zebra mussels. Uh, are you noticing that having a factor on where fish are and what's going on on those lakes? Uh, you know, the the whole Cass Lake thing, um, there's a direct correlation between Cass Lake, zebra mus- the zebra mussels in Cass Lake and the rusty crayfish and, and their complex uh, relationship that they have to each other um, that's that's basically decimated all main lake weed beds um, you know so so you have you have that on cast lake and you know I, I'm not I, I think if you give it three or four years then you're gonna start noticing um, you're, you'll start noticing clearer water you know I would assume that the weed beds will possibly start to go away um, so I you know I I don't know. I, I guess. I guess really, there's there's so much up in the air, and there's so much that is unknown about the zebra mussels and and how each lake, um, how each lake uh, responds to the zebra mussels. Um, you know, I, I assumed immediately when Cass had the zebra mussels. You know, I thought, wow, you know, we might get some deeper weed beds, um, you know, with the sunlight penetrating deeper, and we might we 
might it might rejuvenate some of the weed beds. Well, the Rusties have been in there over 20 years, and and the Rusties kind of kind of uh, more or less taking care of any customer. Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Service, my guest. A lot more musky talk to come. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Talking musky fishing with musky guide extraordinaire Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Guide Service. And Kevin, I know you're not a biologist, but I also know you've been studying this for a long, long time and probably know there, all there is to know about muskies and underwater as, and, as anybody. Um, health-wise, for the musky population, if, you know, zebra mussels or whatever basically gets rid of weeds and good portions of the lake, what does that mean for their health? Um, I say it, it, it's possibly have an adverse effect on lakes such as uh, Cass Lake, Leech Lake, uh, Winnie, lakes that depend solely on natural reproduction to keep a healthy population. Um, you know, and if there is a, a destructive, um, you know, if it's proven to be destructive on the carol weeds, then, which is what the muskie um, spawn in, um, then you could see uh a sudden decrease in population, but um, you know that you know talking with uh, the guys on cast that that really hasn't been shown um, an issue. So uh, maybe in the future, uh, I, I know there's so many um, there's so many just what ifs. What if this happens with with the zebra mussels? And um, you know it, it's right now it's it's all up in the air. It's just uh, it's relatively a, a new invasive species. It's, it hasn't been in these legs. For more than ten years, so um, I, I think with that, it's you're just going to kind of have to wait and see what exactly happens um, on the natural lakes specifically. However, if you look at the stock lakes, you know they're relying on on stocking to uh, uh, DNR stocking to maintain that healthy population of fish. Um, so, you know, in, in that regard, I think I think that will always be there. There'll always be a decent population of fish in the stock lakes um but uh but natural lakes you could see you could see some uh maybe maybe a, a downward spiral I'm, I'm not sure so okay. um, you know i've talked with a lot of biologists on the subject and and they're not sure either they're just you know literally you just have to wait and see what happens at this moment in time, as you, you look around the lakes that you've been fishing, what's your vibe about uh, the state of the muskie fishery in the North Country? That's pretty good. You know, the, the uh, natural lakes always has and always will uh, have a decent population unless their habitat is destroyed. Uh, and the stock lakes, they're strong. Stock lakes are strong. Uh, definitely an increase in fishing pressure over the last uh, you know, since I started up here 17 years ago, um, it's been a, a for sure an increase in fishing pressure. I remember being the only one of only maybe three other boats out there, um, you know, way back when. But now it's you could have five boats. Like I saw five boats on one spot the other night. So um, that being said, 
fishing pressure does have a huge impact on success rates. Um, fish are still there. Uh, what you're gonna, what you, what I do see is, I see narrower, narrower bite windows, narrower chances of opportunity to catch fish. Sometimes you're only given one shot a day, um, you know. And and that being said, with with what I do, uh, I'm a guide, so I am dependent on my clients' abilities to muskie fish and their proficiency there. Um, to put fish in my bow. So there's a lot of times where they they lack the skills and, and just the, the overall mechanics um, to do so. But you know what? That's fine. I, if you get upset over that, then then maybe you shouldn't be guiding. So it, it's something that I've, that I've learned, you know, 15 years ago when I started, hey, you know, these the people you dig out aren't going to be as, as good as you. Um so, you know, typically they're not going to have that those established skills already. Um, so you have to give them some leeway in that area. 100% okay. So what I do find is we'll get our shots at fish. However, it's it, it's all reliant on their their skill set, whether or not we're going to be able to land those fish. Um, so I I do see I, I have seen. Of course, over the last 10 years, um, I've had to refine my skills more to um, sustain my catch rates that I had 10 years ago. So, um, and, and, and I guess I really had to clean things up as far as very specific times and locations of when to fish um, and hitting lakes on very specific days like so i, I kind of mapped out my calendar earlier this year and i know exactly what lakes i'm going to fish on what days and what lakes are good during a new moon what lakes are good during a full moon um so um, so yeah definitely you know getting back to your question definitely uh stock lakes have more pressure narrower bite windows um the natural lakes have broader bite windows and also you know, out there, you're going to see a, a wider size distribution because that exhibits a, uh, a natural fisheries, um, I guess, population. You know, you're not going to have those, uh, the, the primary fish are not going to be over 48 inches. You're going to have 42 inches, 45 inches, 46 inches, 52 inches. So it's going to be a wide, wide spectrum there. Okay. Now, um, looking ahead for the next few weeks. What can musky anglers expect to see out there? Uh, you know, I hopefully we move into uh, we move into August and we'll get a few colder nights. It'll push fish even shallower. You're going to catch fish on consistently catch fish on top water baits in the early morning with small bucktails. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, just a, a typical August. I love I love fishing August. It's probably one of my favorite months. Um, know uh, usually i fish a lot on top of rocks and on top of sand flats in august and i think you're going to see that too with this cooler nights kicking in here in the next few weeks you'll see that that uh that rock and that hard bottom establishment coming into play okay kevin you got any spots left this year 
I do. I, I have uh, uh, August 3, 4, 5, 18, and then a few evenings um, later August, a few half days and evenings. And then, of course, I do have some time uh, later this fall as well. So, All right. Kevin Cochran, Outstanding Guide in Paul Bunyan Country. Uh, how can we uh, find you? Uh, you can go to my website, kevincochranguide.com. I'm on Instagram as well, Facebook. Um, my phone number is 507-456-9023. All right, Kevin, as always, we love having you on the show. Thanks for your insight today. Thanks, Kevin. Up next, another tough question for the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andy Hafes of Bemidji State. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Ask the aquatic Time to ask the aquatic biologist another tough question. He's an aquatic biologist because he studies freshwater fish. If he was a marine biologist, he'd be studying saltwater fish. And that brings me to my question. Since it seems like whether it be through rivers and or different ways, all water seems to be connected in some way, shape, or form. Yet the oceans are saltwater. Pretty much everything else is freshwater. So how does that work? So all the water runs downhill, right? And then it ends up in the ocean. Yeah, okay. And the water that evaporates out of the ocean doesn't contain salts. So the salts that are washed off of the land when the rivers and rain and everything else runs over it, uh, all those salts and minerals and everything end up in the ocean and concentrate there and... That's basically the process. Ocean's 3.5% salt, and lakes, it's barely measurable. So somehow it all ends up in the ocean. Right. So the, the water, when it it forms weak acids, right, and it can dissolve the salts and minerals and things like that off of the land pretty easily, I guess. Not easily, but through time, uh, over long durations of time, it, a lot of it accumulates down, down there okay. in the ocean. Okay. So, if nothing ran downhill, right, we'd have salt water here. That does happen. I mean, not that the water flows uphill, <laughs> right? But uh, out west, there are lakes, right, that don't have outlets. The Great Salt Lake, for right. one. So yeah. water flows in. There's not enough water flowing in because evaporation is so high. There's not, a, not enough water flowing in to actually create an outflow. And instead, all the minerals and salts and things like that are concentrated in Great Salt Lake. Okay. That's why that one is salty. But all if right. it has an outflow, uh, that is carrying enough out so that the lake won't build up the salts. Okay. We do an example in my limnology class and, and show if you had a gallon of water how much salt is actually in there in saltwater environment. Distilled water, there's none. We show that. We measure the salinity and other things. And then we do the same thing with Lake Bemidji. And then we put that actual amount of salt on a scale. And you can see the 3.5 grams of salt, right, from 100 grams of water in the ocean. And then there's barely any on that little scale from Lake Bemidji, just a couple grains, right? And okay. it's a really good visual for my students to see how 
much more salt is in the ocean than there is in Lake Bemidji. And and obviously, different creatures, they had to develop an ability to deal with salt. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think about that. In the ocean, how different things are, where a fish has to actually try to get as much salt out of its body as it can. Yeah. And retain as much water so it's not getting dehydrated. And then your freshwater fish do the exact opposite, where they're just dying to get salts as much as they can, right? They get the more, a lot of their salts just from eating other things, right? Wow. And then... Uh, they're constantly urinating, trying to get the water out of their bodies. Just exactly <laughs> opposite. And you throw that into the, the loop there where fish migrate sometimes in between those two different environments and how they can actually flip the switch and do the exact yeah. opposite thing in each one of those different environments. is pretty crazy. Dr. Andrew Hayes from Bemidji State University uh, with another interesting question. Thank you for taking the time and being willing to ask answer these strange questions I come up with. Sure. And before we wrap it up, congratulations to Brandon Quirn. This week's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country Trivia winner won the Fish and Paul Bunyan Country Fishing Package because he knew the answer to today's question, which was, of the 44 states that have official state fish, what is the only one that uses the bluegill as its official state fish? The answer was Illinois. Your chance to win comes up next Monday on the Noon Show. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Country.